This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. For months now, we feel like we have been building up to a moment tomorrow. It is the calls for a public inquiry with everything we have learned about money laundering. Is it enough? Is there more to learn? Should people be telling what they knew, what they saw? All of that leads to Cabinet tomorrow making a decision, yay or nay, on this. And indications are at this point, it sounds like we are going to get some kind of public inquiry. So we thought before that happens, let's debate this. Let's talk about the pros and the cons. Are there good ideas for doing this? Are there reasons why we shouldn't do this? So guess what? We found a couple of guests who are willing to get into this with us. We're going to start with Sandy Garasino, who's with me here in studio, former Crown Prosecutor, columnist with the National Observer. Hi, Sandy. Hi, Simi. How are you? Good, thanks. I felt like this takes me way back because we've <laughs> talked about this issue a lot over the years. We have. And we're still talking and about this. still are. Still haven't fixed this problem. Also joining us as well, we've got Paul Doroshenko on the phone with us with Acumen Law. Hi, Paul. Hi, how are you doing? I am good, thank you. So you want to talk about this too? You're ready to get into this? Sure, I'm ready to discuss anything with Sandy and you. And <laughs> oh, that is so nice. Now it's not even going to be a debate. Now we're going to have this nice discussion. Uh, Paul, I'm going to start with you. Good idea or not to have a public inquiry? Well, I'll tell you. Um, I understand why lots of people want a public inquiry. Um, some people, I think, uh, not Sandy. Sandy's known this has gone on for a while, and I've known that this was going on for a while. But a lot of people are maybe sort of stunned by uh, Peter German's reports and think that uh, we need to get to the bottom of it and figure out who it is. Uh, I don't think that a public inquiry is going to get to the bottom of it. I'd be surprised if we do. I would I, that that method, that tool. Uh, of conducting an investigation, I found historically, when I think of other inquiries, has led most people to be dissatisfied with the results. Uh, and uh, I, it's just a huge, expensive thing where there's a bunch of lawyers and maybe a you know retired judge or somebody like that sit around. Uh, they subpoena some people. They ask some questions. Some people come and don't answer questions. Uh, and ultimately, in the end, they issue a report that's not going to get us much further than these really cost-effective reports that we've had from from Peter German and that uh, that uh, the government has already contracted, paid for, and and we've got the results from. Okay, so Sandy, what about you? What do you think? I think the public wants answers, and I think the public wants accountability from people who made decisions. Uh, I want to know uh, why were the Gaming Policy Enforcement Branch uh, employees who were sounding the alarm about money laundering in casinos fired? Uh, I want to know why the uh, integrated uh, illegal gambling enforcement team was disbanded after it informed the BC cabinet about money laundering and organized crime infiltrating casinos. Why was that unit disbanded? Who would make a decision like that? Uh, And I think that the public wants to know. Uh, We know now that the scale, we still don't know actually, the scale of um, money that has been coming in and the scale has been being laundered. We need to have deterrence. We need to have accountability. You put heat on this, you put light on this, uh, and a lot of people who might be tempted to be part, become part of the uh, infrastructure, the gray banking and the real estate and the infrastructure that has been built around money laundering uh, has profited a lot of people, a great deal. And you might be tempted to become part of that because the returns might be really good for you. Maybe you won't be tempted if you discover that there's this huge um, uh, inquiry going on and there's going to be a lot more light shed on who made the decisions 
how who is participating. I guess that's one of the things that I've always wondered, too, is that who looked the other way, right? For this to have gone on for so long, it's quite clear that many people looked the other way when the obvious was happening right there in front of them. Sandy, do you think it's key to find out some of those people and ask them why? Why did you do that? I do. Um, There are things and there are an awful lot of people, and I'm sure your listeners will will include many of them, people who know things that uh, they have not felt free to discuss, that they cannot safely discuss. There are people, I have spoken to people, who are afraid to come forward and uh, or afraid of legal ramifications. This is not a law enforcement problem. We have a global issue around banking and finance. Uh, experts ex- uh, are estimating that something in the neighborhood of 20 to $30 trillion in untaxed cash is sloshing around the globe. That has huge impacts on all of us. Um, and uh, we need answers and we need to, we need expertise and we still are not there yet. So Paul, what do you think about that? Don't you want to know who looked the other way? Don't you want to find some names here and ask them why? I don't think we're going to get the answers. I think the worst of it basically was in the uh, the last mandate of the B.C. Liberals. Uh, and I think you can basically point the finger at the B.C. Liberals and say they're the ones who facilitated it. They're the ones who uh, withdrew the oversight. And, um, you know, basically they're the ones who are, are responsible for it getting as bad as it was in the final days of it. Uh, it's still ongoing. Will it work for general deterrence to have an inquiry? I think the best thing for general deterrence probably is to uh, get a bunch of uh, officers out there investigating these things, uh, assign some prosecutors to it. We learned just a few weeks ago that there's nobody in the RCMP investigating money laundering. We have no like money laundering unit in British Columbia, if you can believe it. We've got this horrendous problem with money laundering. Many of us have been speculating about it for years. A lot of people have known about it. Police officers tell me, yeah, we've had no money and we've had no unit to do this. Uh, senior police officers uh, in Richmond have told me in the past they know that a lot of uh, that money laundering was taking place in the casino uh, and that they just, that, you know, the resources were not given to them to do it. Are we going to find out about who specifically chose to uh, eliminate the resources or not provide those resources? Uh, you know, we could spend millions and millions of dollars having an inquiry and never get to the bottom of that. I think, you know, I point the finger at the BC Liberals in the end because they were obviously aware of it. It was obvious. Uh, and, uh, you know, you read the, the reports by Peter German, it was obvious. Are you ever going to be able to uh, to uh, uh, prosecute somebody on that basis? I think if you get police officers in there to do it, is an inquiry going to get to the bottom of it? Are we going to hold somebody responsible? No. I mean, we're going to have an inquiry. People are going to come. They're going to deny things. We're going to spend millions of dollars asking a bunch of questions. There's going to be a bunch of procedural challenges to it. People are going to claim that there's cabinet confidentiality rules. And ultimately, in the end, we're all going to be dissatisfied. Satisfied. I would much prefer to see some police officers assigned to it, start investigating okay. it. Um, there's limitation periods or there's, there's time limits that are, you know, uh, stipulated right. but, as but, a result but, of the charter Paul, that are going to be problems. But, you know, investigate it. But, Paul, we don't, have the, we don't have the expertise to investigate it. We are not committing, the, we do not have the officers who have the ability to go in and look at banking uh, records that, that have the expertise to, to do this kind of work because we have never kept anybody on those teams for any length of time. But I still want to get back to, you know, we talk about money as if we're wasting money. It is not wasting money to safeguard and protect 
the integrity of your systems. We have the BC Lottery Corporation, its last two years, it has broken all records on its returns. It's now, it's over the last two years, it's made $180 million over and above its, its record performance in 2016. And then we've got the $85 million that we got from, uh, that we, rather that we spent returning the provincial sales tax on the luxury autos. The amount of money here, the cost of this, the biggest problem with these inquiries is that we don't actually fund them enough. And here we actually have the resources to do that. So is it possible, Paul, do you think, to frame this public inquiry potentially in such a way where everybody is happy? No, you'll never get everybody happy. I mean, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not denying that there's things that can be accomplished with an inquiry, but if you sit there and think about times that we've had inquiries and what governments have done with them afterward, usually we're looking at it 20 years later and saying, oh, we have the same problem because nobody did anything as a result of the inquiry. Uh, we know what the problem is. I would say are. the Braidwood inquiry was very useful. I mean, well, we learned a lot at, in Braidwood about what happened uh, and, and trying to fix that situation. But I think we've learned most of what happened on the basis of uh, of the inqu- of the um, investigations that have been conducted. We know what happened, but we don't uh, know. We but we don't know what happened. In the, we're never even getting well, we these know. cases to trial. We didn't know what was going on with the RCMP until the Braidwood inquiry. We didn't know until they were under oath talking right there until ex- what exactly had happened uh, at the airport that day in 2008. Like there is, don't you think, a purpose to find out? Still ask people questions about what was going on. I think that any inquiry that we have is going to end up becoming this gigantic thing that gets us very, not very far. And I think the government made the wise decision to uh, decide to investigate this, assigning one person and giving them a team and saying, get out there, figure out what's going on, give us the summary report so we can take action now. Not for the sake of collecting the information to be able to say, you know, that we need an inquiry. I mean, the, the most of us felt that uh, that this was going on for the longest time before. It's just now we have some right. some more definitive evidence. I mean, it, I think the the reports that we have from Peter German right now tell us what we need to do. Okay. Uh, and what we need to do is we've got to we've got to have police officers and prosecutors out there, you know, investigating these laws. And Peter German talks about the problems with prosecuting. He talks about the problems with, you know, everybody's going to be able to delay it and then get a stay from uh, as a result of the Jordan Paul, decision. I'm going to have to jump in here because we're going to take a quick break and we're going to give Sandy a chance to respond when we come back. Well, we're talking about a public inquiry. A call for one when it comes to money laundering may happen tomorrow when the provincial cabinet is meeting and an announcement is expected to be forthcoming. So we're debating the pros and cons of this with Sandy Garasino, former Crown Prosecutor, columnist with the National Observer, and Paul Doroshenko, who's a criminal lawyer with Acumen Law. Now, Paul had just weighed in, so I'm going to let Sandy uh, jump in and explain why you, you think this is a good idea. And Paul's saying that, no, maybe not. We're not going to learn anything new. Well, we will learn new things, and one of the one of the things that I point to is that when you put more investigative resources on uh, a, a dealing with a criminal justice issue, yes, you will potentially get some results, but it's also very easy for things to just get swept under the carpet and us to forget about it and say, oh, well, we, we dealt with it. But the underlying problems are still going to be there, and I think that the public wants accountability. And the number one thing that really concerns me, and we haven't really ever talked about it, but everybody 
is kind of aware of it, uncomfortably aware of it, is that whenever you have this amount of cash sloshing around in your economy, your public officials, you have risk of corruption of public officials. That is, it's just like mildew. You have to get up every day and scrub out the mildew. And this is just part of the process. And uh, I think that a lot of uh, British Columbians have real questions about, has there been do we have a corruption problem? We know that we, that there's a corruption issue uh, around the casinos and the money laundering. I mean, just the very fact that we're talking about the involvement of organized crime in an organized way that is integrated into our economy and our housing prices and everything. And any anybody worth their salt in government would understand the risk of bribery and corruption of public officials. It's right there in front of us. Right, Paul, when we know that there has been such trouble at the justice system level and making charges stick and making prosecutions stick, can we really trust the legal system to fix this problem for us? Well, I mean, generally speaking, I trust the legal system, and it's the one thing I trust because I'm involved in it. You know, I'm concerned greatly as a result of... uh, uh, what we've seen about corruption. I mean, if you used to have confidence in uh, aspects of your your society's structures, you know, we used to have confidence in the um, in the admission process for universities, and then we find out that there's uh, uh, companies that that help fake grades and get people in. I mean, they, we don't have confidence necessarily in ICBC's licensing system because every once in a while we find out somebody's getting bribes to issue licenses. Like the the, the one thing that I can say that I generally have confidence in is the is the justice system. Uh, I don't have confidence that uh, that um, the former government uh, individuals who were in the government weren't on the take uh, when with all that cash sloshing around but again I would rather see you know people walking out with handcuffs on and and having to face the charges in court than spending millions of dollars on an inquiry okay. you know and, and and my other concern is that the this is just an opportunity to delay the response like we know what the loopholes are we know how people manage to do this we don't well, we don't that's, well, that's, i want to know false. if i want to ask so does one preclude the other do we uh, do we can mm-hmm. we only have the justice system do this without a public inquiry sandy can we not do both can one not lead to the other we we should be doing both and all we have to do is look south of the border at the bob Mueller. um uh, investigation, which was in its own way a form a, a, a form of an inquiry. It wasn't a public inquiry, but it was a detailed investigation. There were a huge number of charges that came out of that, um, and there's also been uh, enormous exposure and public uh, and public debate and discussion about who was involved, who did what, who made what decisions, and where did they where did they go? And we look again at the Charbonneau Commission. Uh, another public inquiry, uh, as a result of which many charges were laid and a huge uh, transformation took place. Or there was a, there was a, there was there was a lot of impact related to that. And I actually know this file well enough to have extraordinary confidence that a public inquiry is going to yield still more surprises for really? the public and that and the public wants to have those answers. Okay, Paul, I don't know. How do you fight with that? She said she knows the file well enough. There's still more information to come. 
I think there's tons more information to come. Uh, the Mueller inquiry wasn't a public inquiry. I think that's the type of inquiry that we need to have. I would prefer to see that type of inquiry where you've uh, empowered some prosecutors and investigators to go out there. Uh, the problem you've got, I mean, in the end, if you look at the Mueller inquiry, all the charges that arose out of it were, for the most part, people lying uh, during the course of the investigation. In the end, the conclusions uh, beyond that have not led to charges, despite the fact that but we, we found that out more. Yeah, we found out more, and I think there's, you know, that's not a public inquiry, and that's what I'm saying. You know, go ahead and have a Mueller inquiry, that type of inquiry. That's great. Send some people out there to go in and and get the documents, get warrants to look at at uh, at uh, more more information, and to be able to collect that information, and then come back and report well, to the public down the road, as opposed to. You know, sending out subpoenas, having people come, having people say, look, pursuant to the Canada Evidence Act, you know, I'm not going to answer this question or I'm going to answer this question Paul, and it's not, I'm not going to give the information. So, Paul, very quickly, i got to get prediction for tomorrow, yes or no on this? I think that there's a fairly good chance it's going to be. I would say more likely okay. than not, we'll have an inquiry. And what do you think, Sandy? That's, that's my impression, too. Okay, so regardless of whether we agree on what it's going to look like, it sounds like a lot of predictions for it. Listen, Paul, thank you so much for joining us on this today. My pleasure. That's Paul Doroshenko, criminal lawyer with Acumen Law. And Sandy, thank you very much. Thank you. I'm sure we're going to be talking to both of you in the future on this topic. That's Sandy Garasino, former Crown Prosecutor, columnist with the National Observer. You can email me on this as well, simi at cknw.com. As we said, we Expect that decision tomorrow. And of course, that means tomorrow right here on the show, we will also be talking about this.